Welcome to the Open Source Way. This is SAP's podcast series in which we'll talk about the difference that open source can make. In each episode, we'll talk to a different expert and we'll talk to them about why they do it the open source way. I'm your host, Carsten Hoag, and in this episode, I'm going to talk to Dobrinka Mladenova and Jana Kabor about open source licenses and license compliance, especially, and what is important to SAP's customers in this field. Now, today, we're going to start a little differently. Dobrinka, can you introduce yourself in seven words? Hi, Karsten. Thank you for the opportunity to have us today. We really appreciate it, and we were looking forward to the podcast for a long time. Um, it's a difficult one, but I'll try. Um, I like open source and peanut butter. I think this is seven words now. Okay, that was surrounded by a few more words, but I think in the center that was seven words. Great. Janaka, can you do that in seven words as well? Arizona Wildcat, sports, open source passion, travel, family, and friends. And as a side comment, I have to say the importance or the order of importance doesn't matter here. <laughs> okay, you chose the keyword approach. I see the organized man there. Um, now, there is, of course, more to say about the two of you. Let me try that really quickly. Correct me if I'm wrong with anything. Dobrinka, you have been part of the SAP family since 2010 and you specialize on licensing and legal matters. Uh, currently, you're a senior licensing specialist in global licensing department based in Waldorf, Germany that is. Uh, and Dobrinka uh, focuses on, a, on open source license, compliance and risk mitigation. She's primarily responsible for SAP mergers and acquisitions, if I got M&A right licensing due diligence and leads the end-to-end -end processes from pre-acquisition to full post-merger, etc. She holds a Master of Law degree. Janaka. Janaka Bohr joined SAP already in 2001 as a strategic technology partner manager. That was actually the time when we kind of had a little bit to do at work every once in a while. He managed various key technology partnerships for SAP and established the company's open source governance process together with the legal department of SAP. Today, Janaka is head of licensing compliance team within SAP Global Licensing. And among other topics, he manages all aspects around open source governance at SAP and is responsible for the strategic direction in this area. Prior to working for SAP, Janaka worked as a technical project manager in a startup company in the United States and as a business consultant in a British consulting company. He holds a Bachelor of Science in Management Information Systems and Marketing and an International Business Certificate from the University of Arizona in Tucson. Now, that was definitely more than seven words uh, from my side. Let's turn back to you, Janaka. Um, how did you end up, how did you get to open source? What was your first encounter? My first encounter with open source was actually when I was a project manager in a startup company in Tucson, Arizona. One of my developers was developing so brutally fast, was faster than anybody else. And I asked him at one point in time, how are you able to deliver everything so much faster than everybody else? And he said, 
Janaka, this is easy. This is all available in the internet. I just download it and have the functionality ready. And then I asked him, are you actually allowed to do it? And he said, yes, it says that I can use it. And I looked at the licenses at a high level. It looked like you can do it. But of course, at that time, I was not aware of any topics like copyleft and license infringement and so on. And then as a consequence, at one point in time, I was exposed to the topic at SAP when I started there that we need an open source approval process that I worked on. Your first exposure at SAP was when you were still doing partner management, right? Correct, yes. This actually came from the executive board and the legal department. They said, we need somebody who can look at the open source topic and how can we use open source software in a compliant and a safe manner, considering the risks that are possibly exposed. Now, from that chance encounter with the very quick developer, you're now head of SAP's license compliance team, uh, especially for open source, right? Uh, how big is this team? Is, is there like anything special, particular about the team? The team is in a size between 10 and 20 people in general. This also includes students that I have. And uh, what is special about the team, they are all very curious and interested in open source topic and all type of challenges around this topic. Very motivated and it's a fun time to work with them. And are you all mostly located in Waldorf or are you kind of internationally spread? We are in Waldorf, Vancouver, then Palo Alto and also Sofia. Wow. Okay, but that was only, if I reckon correctly, two major time zones, right? Yes. Okay, that makes it uh, at least halfway manageable. How about you, Dobrinka? What's your story, first encounter with open source? Interestingly enough, I got exposed to open source through Yannicka. In the beginning, I didn't believe that it would be such a long journey. It rather sounded like something interesting to deal with once I finished my law degree. But um, in short, back in 2010, I was looking for a job in the legal field uh, because, as you said, Carson, I did study law. But um, I didn't want to take on the standard legal path like becoming a lawyer or a judge. I wanted to do something in, something different, something more with a twist to it. And that was back then when I heard that the SAP in Bulgaria was hiring for an IP specialist. So I did start my career in the legal department. And that's when I also got to know Yannick and was exposed to open source. And did you directly at that time start to work for Yannicka or...? Just for SAP? No, I just started working for SAP. We were with Yannicka in different teams, but we worked together on a couple of open source topics like license evaluations and risk mitigation and stuff like this. So I did have the chance to get to know Yannicka before joining. Okay, but now Yannicka is your boss, right? Yes, this is true. Now Yannicka has been my boss for eight years now. Okay, okay. Let me dare the following question. I, I, I've known Yannicka for about 20 years. Um, like, inside SAP and uh, partly outside SAP as well. Um, just wondering, how is he as a boss? Can you talk about that on this podcast? Uh, yes, I can share some things uh, <laughs> and share and not share some things. But Yannicka uh, is um, really strict when it comes to work. So I would say he has really high criteria. But on the side, he's also a lot of fun and he makes it interesting to work with because he's challenging. He will always give us new topics and new challenges. 
So that's one of the reasons why I stayed in the team for so long. It, it's never, it never gets boring. Let's put it this way, Karsten. We should hope so. I mean, I guess in this topic, you have to be really strict, right? Uh, because it's an important thing not to infringe anything in any place there. Janaka, you've been working in this field uh, for not directly as uh, the head of the office there, but for around 20 years since first contact with these issues. What has changed during that time? So in a nutshell, when I started and established the first open source process together with the legal department in 2001, nothing is the same today as it was in 2001, except that we still care, of course, for open source compliance. So what changed in a nutshell? We had to learn about open source. We took a very risk-based approach. We had very restrictive approval levels, which were even at the executive board level. Why was that? Was it a lack of trust? No, not really. It was rather the situation, what is open source software? What is the risk associated to it? And also becoming familiar with it and getting comfortable around open source topics and the risks. And over the years, we had a very much based risk approach and we changed this over the years to make it more focused on the developers. This means we wanted to make it very simple for the developers to use open source software, have easy processes in place that allows the use of open source software, but at the same time being able to ensure compliance when we use open source software. I, I think I do remember the times when nobody really knew how to think about open source, when most people weren't even aware that you could use it in a, uh, in a product that in the end you wanted to sell, license out for money. Um, but uh, like the changes at SAP you mentioned, it, does that kind of go in parallel with changes in the industry, in the market? It goes in, in parallel as well, because in the beginning, there wasn't, of course, that much open source software out there. It, it The number of open source software increased heavily over the years. And basically, most of the companies, at least the ones that I'm working with, are heavily using open source software now. And most of them also have compliance processes in place. And they face the same situations as we at SAP had. First, they needed to get comfortable with open source, understand what are the risks, and then finding the right measures to ensure compliance, but at the same time, making it easy for the developers to use it. Because you don't want to make it such a burden on the developers to use open source software, because if the burden is too high on them, they will not use it, and you can receive a lot of benefits by using open source software. Yeah, yeah, that's my impression as well. We even had, uh, was it last time round, uh, we had a talk with a colleague from Zeiss, uh, who we know for optics and everything, and they have an open source office uh, by now. I mean, it was first IT companies, and now you even see others in this field. Uh, what would you say were, be that in the market or be that at SAP, the, the most important breakthroughs, milestones uh, in, in open source licensing? The biggest milestones without saying the years now was first the compliance process in place, risk-based, 
and license compliance based. Other steps that we took were looking at the architecture checks, having a business case, security, of course. And then where we really changed the case for the developers to use it when we came with tools to automate it, like scanning for open source software, but at the same time, scanning for security and ensuring that all the open source products also have to meet the SAP quality standards. Additionally, with reducing the burden on the developers to use open source software to make it very easy. At the beginning, we actually had a, an approval form that they had to complete. They had to provide all type of information, a business case and so on. We looked at it, we assessed it, we did risk assessments and so on. And then we would make a decision if they can use it or not. Today, we have a completely different approach. We review an open source software. The developers just have to submit what they want to use. There's a dedicated team, technical people, legal people, licensing people. They look at it, make an assessment. What can they do? What can they not do? What is the risk? And then we prepare that information for the developers, make it accessible, and they can pull the information, but they have the requirement at the same time to ensure that they are in compliance with the obligations that are imposed by the license or by our product standards and our requirements. So it makes it very simple. You have a list of open source software. Developer can pull it, can look at it. What do I have to do? Can I use it? Does it make sense for them? Yeah, sounds easier like that. Um, and then uh, looking forward, on the other hand, what would you say is negatively put still missing or what would you like to see more of uh, in the future? What I would like to see in the future, and there are already very positive trends out there in the market, and the Brinker will probably speak later, for example, about clearly defined. Another thing is, for example, open chain. Open chain defines basically a standard for open source compl compliance criteria. And if companies have a look at those, they can see how possibly you can implement a solid compliance process around open source in your own company. And what I like about this tool, it gives you not only ideas how you can do it, it gives you cornerstones, but you have the freedom how you want to implement these processes. And on top, you have the ability to do certain certifications around this standard. And with this, I believe, it will become easier for companies when they, for example, exchange or license solutions to their customers that there's a specific trust, trust level around that. This is one of the efforts that I like to see in this industry, that actually we all can trust each other more when it comes down to the usage of open source. If there's a standard that certain companies or users of open source software fulfill, and at the same time when open source communities are developing their own open source software. Maybe uh, let's turn back to you, Dobrinka. Uh, Janneke said uh, you have the details uh, on the open chain approach there. What would you like to add here? 
Well, um, thanks, Carson, and thanks, Yanaka, for bringing this up because it is an interesting thing um, as an example of how things evolved throughout the years. And as Yanaka mentioned, SAP is also uh, working on the open chain certification. This will definitely help us when it comes to addressing customer concerns or when we can we can actually prove, given external criteria, that SAP is doing the best work and keeping up with the best practices and standards out there in the open source community. And another interesting project that Yanaka mentioned, this is the clearly defined one. Um, it did start as an incubation project of the open source initiative. But what's interesting to point out is that um, SAP has been contributing license details and license data to the clearly defined project. So not only that we use open source, but we also make sure to give back to the open source community, either by having our own open source project or by contributing to third party projects. And I know that you had a podcast about this in the past, just for everyone interested. I know that you spoke a little bit just about more details previously, but yes, we also participate in projects such as clearly defined, uh, where the continuing goal of this is to maintain certain high levels of quality when it comes to open source. I think you both uh, talked about customer expectations uh, in this context. Uh, what are the typical customer expectations requirements like SAP customers uh, towards open source, license, compliance, guarantees, uh, whatever? Um, well, there are different things that the customer cares about. As Yannicka mentioned earlier, one is a big one is security. Of course, it's also quality of the products, but when it comes to our focus, being that being the license compliance, uh, we do get a lot of questions. In the last couple of years, the number is significantly being increased. So customers care a lot about the license compliance topic. And of course, they want to ensure that when they buy a product from SAP, this product is license compliant. They do ask questions about, hey guys, how do you deal with open source legal notices? Do you have the right policy and processes in place? Uh, how do you ensure compliance with potential high-risk licenses? So those are the things we have to address on a daily basis in Yanaka's team. Okay. Um, is it possible at all to give an example of uh, a customer discussion, a customer concern there, or is this all too specific and recognizable even if no names are mentioned? Well, a couple <laughs> a couple of years ago, we had to comply with a license which required us to send a postcard to the copyright holder of the open source. So Yannicka did end up, as far as I remember, Yannicka going to the post office to send a postcard from Waldorf <laughs> somewhere to the US, I believe it was. But this is just to show how seriously we take things. And uh, we do try to comply with all the license requirements, even if you just drink a beer or send a postcard or even if it goes in more detail. <laughs> no, no, wait a second. That, 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 was, that was the developer of some portion of code or something somewhere who basically made it a condition that everyone who uses his stuff sends him a postcard? Yes, and there is also another one which says, uh, if you use my source code, please buy me a beer. And someone says, uh, go ahead and drink a beer for me. So, you know, this gives you a good opportunity to have some fun after working hours. <laughs> I remember this one thing uh, where we had this kind of discussion about SAP's support requirements and like a couple of uh, larger companies had a problem with signing these extra 20 pages or 30 pages or what that was. And then there was this single guy who just said, okay, my stuff works, I'm going to sign it. 
it kind of reminds me of of that the the one guy who wants who wants to get a postcard. Now that's that, that that's an interesting one, and also with a beer, then you can include a beer with a postcard in a package or something, right? And then uh, be allowed to use the stuff. That's great. Okay. Maybe same approach, little bit different way. That was a provider of stuff now. Uh, what's the most important thing to make our customers happy in, in the field of open source licensing? I think Dobrinka more or less we already summarized it or explained it. So let me summarize it again. So what do they care about it? Um, compliance, security, that the companies that use open source software have good processes in place that ensure the compliance and the approvals for open source software, that the policy is in place. Often they actually ask us now, do you have scan tools in order to identify open source software? One thing they explicitly ask, are you safe when it comes around copyleft? Do you have due diligence processes in place? How are you tackling copyleft topics? Then, of course, another thing that the Brinker already mentioned is copyright notices. When you do your delivery, do you have copyright notices that are required in place? They also want us to provide them with information if we train our employees on open source and the policies. And those are the most things that I have noticed when customers come and ask us and this shows us it's critical and important to them that we cover this topic seriously. Maybe pick uh, the the training that you just mentioned up. Uh, is that the most important thing that we do or what do we do on SAP side to stay up to speed when it comes to open source compliance? Because, I mean, there are... I don't know, there are new license types uh, entering the market. There are kinds of things happening that change. What do we do to stay informed? I really like what Janneke said, that it's always about uh, being continuously educated on the topic because things do change. And uh, that's where we also try to always change uh, our standards and our tools. We try to use what's really the best out there. But it's also important to provide trainings to all the people who want to use open source. So what's interesting about open source is that it's a mixture of a lot of technical details, but also a little bit of legal stuff, IP, intellectual property standards, a little bit of all of this like license compliance and one needs to know the technical details but also to be able to understand the licensing details in order to be compliant and also in order to be able to choose the best open source project for their needs so with this in mind we do try to provide trainings for our sap colleagues and sometimes we also do this externally as well okay anything you want to add janaka uh yes you if I recall correctly, you asked also, so how are you staying up to speed and also make sure that the teams or our employees, developers know about the changes. So one thing, this is also what makes open source so interesting is the variety of networks that you have out there in the field, other companies, open source program offices, developers speaking with other open source communities. It's a big network where people openly speak about concerns, topics, where you all can learn. And actually, this network makes it extremely interesting. But at the same time, 
we learn on a daily basis from our peers out there in the market how we can make things better. And of course, if we see there are some trends happening out there around processes, compliance or other things around open source, we try to ensure that we, we keep up to speed and implement and make the changes where necessary and of course inform and train our people on that. Now you mentioned the, the networks and the open exchange in the open source world. I know and I assume that's true for developers. Uh, does that hold true also for the legal and licensing side? Because there is often more secrecy involved in that, let's, let's, let's put it that way. It, but, but that exchange also happens in that field? Yes, it does. Actually, on this one, I was very surprised. And there's actually a change coming back to your original question, Carsten, at the beginning of the podcast. There's a change from the past. In the beginning, 2001, we all did not really share, at least we as a company. And then over the years, this came very open because the companies all faced the same situations. And they learned that when we speak each, with each other, we can make it significantly better and actually can elaborate on that. And I think this came actually also from the topic by itself, open source contributions that the legal people, the companies actually said, hey, when our developers are sharing information around open source, why don't we share and make the best practices together? And that's also which is proven when you look at open chain and clearly defined. It's actually amazing and this is very interesting. Okay, sounds great. Um, the, so is it that something like open chain, is that already a product uh, of this kind of cooperation also in the uh, the licensing and compliance field? Karsten, it's, it's rather an international standard for open source license compliance and in simple words, is if all the companies get certified, then all of them are proven to have met a certain level of high standards. And if a customer, for example, comes and asks us, hey, guys, what do you do to stay compliant? Then we can say, oh, we are certified, we're compliant with open chain ISO. And um, this already is like, wow, this is cool. Uh, we can trust SAP that they do a good job with license compliance. Okay, but it's definitely... Uh a part of that uh, more collaborative world, right? Exactly, exactly. It is a result of the collaboration and the willingness of the companies to share information how to do it and to define what is necessary and what is the best practice out there. So it's a result of that in the end, in my opinion. So overall... Janaka and Dobrinka, what would be the three key takeaways that you would want people to remember from this podcast? If you wish, you can separate it between takeaways for customers, takeaways for people who are involved in producing open source software. So when it comes to the customers, I think the best way to meet the customer expectations is to invest in the processes, the automation, and the tooling, but also to leverage uh, what's out there in the open source community when it comes to license compliance. And uh, when we speak about someone who is coding, someone who is using open source, then the priority here, in my opinion, is uh, having the standard approach towards compliance, not always deciding ad hoc whether a certain open source is license compliant, but rather have the knowledge, have the policy in place, 
have the right processes and it just makes it easier to ensure that you are compliant, but also gives you a little bit more time to have fun when you use open source because open source is a lot of fun in the end. Okay, how about you, Janaka? Open source compliance matters. Make sure if you implement processes that you feel comfortable with the risk level that you want to accept and please also make it simple for developers to use it without risking the comfort level and the risk level that you want to see in your company. I am sure all developers out there will be grateful for that final point, make it simple for developers. Thank you both for being our guests today. It was nice to have you here and thank you all for listening to The Open Source Way. If you enjoyed this episode, please share and don't miss our next episode in a month from today, always the last Wednesday of the month. You'll find us on OpenSAP and in all regular podcast distribution channels like Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, uh, TuneIn, etc. Thank you for listening. Thank you again, Dobrinka and Janaka, for being here. And we now all say goodbye. Thank you, Karsten. Thank you, Karsten, for running us through the show.